You don't have to look far to find people with innovation, passion and community trust. They're the ones who are working hard to respond to the challenges faced by local people. In this Changing Places podcast, you'll hear from local people from across the UK who are creating solutions to local issues. I'm Alex from Unlimited, the folks behind this podcast. I'm from Stoke and I work with resilient communities in North Staffordshire. I'll be the one taking you on this journey. In each episode, you'll visit a different local community in the UK to hear how they're changing their part of the world for the better. In this episode, we're in Staffordshire, the place not only I call home, but so does Fiona Wood. It's also the place where she's based her social enterprise called It's All About Me, which is about using photography, film, online platforms and art to create positive change in the community. Creativity and entrepreneurship is simply in the DNA of North Staffordshire. And now it's the turn of local social entrepreneurs who are reclaiming this space. So, coming up, Fiona speaks to Chris Parr from the Stoke 2000 Project and Anna Francis from the Portland Inn Project about their creative enterprises. But first, Fiona tells you why she's rooting for Stoke-on-Trent. Hi, I'm Fiona. Stoke-on-Trent has had its fair share of public sector cuts and also has ongoing social challenges. However, we are fighting back with our cultural offering, innovation and enterprise. Stoke-on-Trent has a collective of socially minded activists who are using innovative ways to rebuild our communities, supporting each other, creating our own solutions with passion, creativity and kindness, using our skills and talents to create change. And I am so proud to be one of these social entrepreneurs helping to create that change in Stoke-on-Trent today. Like myself, Many of North Staffordshire's social entrepreneurs are using art and creativity to address local issues and build resilient communities. Art allows our imagination to be more vibrant. It creates excitement and new ways of thinking. My social enterprise focuses on teaching photography and filmmaking to communities in North Staffordshire. Most people find it hard to verbalise their feelings or their challenges that they face. But photography and filmmaking helps them to visually explain their needs and ideas for change in their communities. In this episode, I'm going to introduce you to two more social enterprises who are both using creativity to solve social problems. First is Chris from the Stoke 2000 Project. His grassroots workshop helps communities to learn about Stoke-on-Trent ceramics past, whilst teaching them the skills to recycle something that they would have normally thrown away. Later on in the episode, I'll speak to Anna Francis, an artist who runs the Portland Inn Project. She tells you how she's building a community hub, come creative studio, come shop, to engage and upskill her community, boost employability and regenerate her local area. Through our arts and creative-based social enterprises, we have seen communities grow in understanding of themselves and their area. They now believe that they do have a voice, and that they are being listened to. So without further ado, let's say hello to Chris Parr. I'm Chris Parr, an Unlimited Award winner and social entrepreneur from North Staffordshire. Your social enterprise is the Stoke 2000 project. What does that do, Chris? The Stoke 2000 is a community recycling project, making garden wall planters out of pallet wood in the shape of the iconic potteries bottle oven. The number 2000 was the number of kilns built across the city in the heyday of the pottery industry. With the introduction of the Clean Air Act in 1956, it saw the end of the kilns as the factories turned towards using more greener fuels such as gas and electricity. Today, there are less than 50 still standing across the city and they're all listed buildings. 
We have the support of local people from community groups and schools to make the kilns, as well as businesses through their donations of unwanted pallet wood. We make different versions of planter from the recycled pallets. These include our classic versions, bird feeders, insect hotels, and even bird boxes. We're also working with local artists making an art trail of the bottle ovens across the city centre. It's a great side project that gives local people and those visiting the city a brief insight into the area's history. In this case, we're using art to tell the story of the city. How is the project financially sustainable then? Part of the project sees the sale of the bottle oven planters directly to the public on our website and during local markets. Why did you set up the Stoke 2000? It was set up to work with young people and community groups and use my experience as a carpenter to pass my skills on to them. The focus was more to do with participation, co-creation and placemaking in addition to the sales. In fact, I've just completed a leadership course at Staffordshire University called Create Place and the term for this is called Culture 3.0. In simple terms, it means involving more people in cultural activities. How has the Stoke 2000 project been received by the community? The feedback from the project has been very positive from the young people in schools and older people who volunteer. So, for example, a year six student told her parents that she'd loved every minute of an after-school club activity and she felt lucky to be chosen to be part of the project. Also, a parent of an NHS key worker said during a, a workshop, it's the highlight of his week. It must give him a timetable to look forward to and something that helps reduce loneliness and social isolation. You've told us about the social impact, but what about the environmental impact, Chris? Recycling enough pallets to make the 2,000 planters, we worked out that it saves local businesses and the city council more than 37.6 tonnes of carbon emissions. Basically, it's the same as watching TV for nearly 50 years, charging 5 million smartphones, or driving over 90,000 miles in a car. In other words, travelling around the equator 3.7 times. And finally, Chris, what does the future look like for the Stoke 2000? The venture will continue to celebrate heritage through recycling in the city of Stoke-on-Trent, but we're also looking at expanding across North Staffordshire and inspiring more people across the UK to get involved with our cultural activities. I'm going to keep on making a positive impact on the environment by working with other communities to recycle pallet wood and hopefully leave a legacy with other people to tackle climate change. So just like Bilbo Baggins, I'm going on a journey or an adventure. I've already pencilled in visiting the other resilient communities of Brighton and Hove, Dundee and the South Wales Valleys to make similar heritage products. I have some fantastic new ideas and I'm so looking forward to the next few years and can't wait to get on the make. Thanks, Chris. You'll find the links to Chris's work in the show notes. Now continuing the theme of creativity in Stoke, I speak to Anna Francis online about the Portland Inn project. Hello everyone, thanks for the introduction fee. I'm Anna Francis, I am an artist based in Stoke-on-Trent and I'm also an Associate Professor of Fine Art and Social Practice at Staffordshire University. Can you tell us a little bit about your project? So I understand it's it's in the area that you live in. Yeah, that's right. So the project that I'm going to talk about today is the Portland Inn project. I moved into the area in 2014, being one of those lucky £1 homeowners. And one of the things that we agreed to do as 
one pound homeowners was to contribute to community life because the reason the one pound home scheme happened in the first place is that the area was quite run down actually in the area that I've now moved into um, there was just lots of boarded up houses and people living next door to really derelict properties. I moved in in 2014 and immediately started thinking about how we as a family could contribute to community life. We're both artists and as artists I think we have quite a, a range of skills that can really support communities there was still really a lot to be done in terms of community infrastructure because the shop, the community centre and the pub were still boarded up. So there was nowhere really for the community to meet. Although the community had been through quite a difficult time because of the regeneration schemes, they'd still managed to host community activity via this, what they called a bring a plate, where everyone would bring a plate of something out of their homes and it would become a community meal. So my project was to try to create this plate. And we learned really quickly that although it's a nice idea to create a community ceramic, it wasn't necessarily what the community needed. So very quickly, the priority for the project sort of shifted. And at the end of 2015, I was busy trying to make that known to the council who I was working with and at the same time another artist who had come to the area Rebecca Davies with what was basically a pop-up social club and they told her the same thing we need this social club to be permanent and so both of our projects were really finding this expressed need from the community for a space of our own so the council said to us we've got this empty pub And you're telling us that the community wants a space. Can you test out whether or not this pub would work? And can you prove to us that you can set up a viable community-led space? So in 2016, having never worked together before, Rebecca and I applied for an Arts Council application. And we put that in to be able to run a programme over four weeks just to really test, can this derelict pub become something that is really needed and wanted by the community? We ran a programme of around 53 activities over the four weeks. But each week, we kind of had a a question that we were asking, questions like, who wants to be involved in renovating this pub? What can it be? And how do we make this happen? Um, And all of those questions and all of the activity was informing a business plan that we were working on. So at the end of that year, we handed over the business plan to the City Council, evidencing of community need and also how we were going to deliver the project. We'd never written a business plan before, and the council said it was one of the most creative business plans they'd ever seen. We handed it in at the end of 2016, and it wasn't actually until May 2018 that it finally went to Cabinet and the asset transfer was agreed. So we were doing work still in the area between those times because the area in 2017, we had a lot of problems with antisocial behaviour. So back in 2017, we also started a sort of communities and services monthly meeting. The various services who support areas across Stoke-on-Trent meet with our community members to look at what the priorities are and then be able to sort of very quickly target resources. 
working with partners like the council, the local policing teams, the sort of local matters teams, that's meant that we're able to sort of focus on the creative side of things and the programming and bring in the experts to deal with some of the the issues that we don't have the expertise in as artists. So we had the asset transfer agreed in 2018. And at that point, we were able to start actually thinking about what this building would look like and how it would be developed. Back in 2018, the building was no longer habitable because there was a massive hole in the roof. Our architect, Godson Egbo, came and worked with our community members to redesign the building. And we got planning permission in December 2020. In between, we applied for a really exciting programme called Creative Civic Change, which is run by the Local Trust and Gulbenkian Foundation and Esme Fairburn. We are really pleased to be one of 16 areas across the UK who are using creativity to really think about making positive change with our community. And that's enabled us to think about all the bits that aren't the building. We've been able to kind of really think about a really good skills development programme for our area, which will contribute to sort of making sure that our project can be sustainable longer term. So, for example, one of the things we did last October was launch what we see as the sort of social enterprise side of things for our project. We launched the Portland Pigeon. I mentioned there was a massive hole in the roof of the Portland Inn. And this has been our approach, really. We'll kind of look at a sort of need and then we'll think about how we can creatively deal with that need. So we need to fix the hole in the roof. So what if the tile that we create has a pigeon on it? So it's a decorative tile. This is something that will practically deal with the issue that we have but then longer term and perhaps these pigeon ridge tiles are something that we can sell and in October we had like an online launch and sale and we sold out of those pigeons in two hours which was really really good and sort of tells us that actually there is a market for some of the creative ceramic wares and this is the side of it where our community can learn new skills in ceramics and we hope that longer term this will lead to employment for community members and also will kind of continue to bring this important cash injection into the project making it sustainable long term. I guess we just really care a lot about the area. I think that's absolutely brilliant. I was just wondering, you've got all these projects going on. How hard has it been to get the community to be involved in them? At first, there was quite a bit of resistance to people from the One Pound Home Scheme coming in and trying to kind of do things because people were, you know, I think rightly annoyed about the situation that had happened and also suspicious because you're talking about change but will there be any change so what we realized very quickly was that actually the activity that we would do would need to have impact and be beneficial in its own right so even if the only thing that ever happens is this session that at least people have experienced something and There's been some kind of exchange and recognition, actually, of people's time. Being a resident, as well as being an artist, people get to see you and see that you're there every Sunday for the gardening club, sort of digging and putting plants in, or you're there sort of running regular activity. And I think start to, over time, get to know you and get to sort of understand what you're doing and why you're doing it, and then want to be involved. That's actually really interesting and and sort of bringing into talking a bit about the impact. 
Um, so over the years, I think there's been quite significant impact. I think the arts over the years has been sort of undervalued, really, and understanding of what artists bring to social situations has been underreported and undercaptured. So I think that's really important that we do that. For example, back in 2017, when the community had completely stopped using the green space, and then by the end of the summer, it had been sort of reclaimed by the community. So just by being there, making that community activity happen, we were able to push back on some of that really negative activity that was happening. And one of the other things that's been really important has been around, and I don't really like these sort of jargon words, community cohesion and that sort of thing, it's about togetherness and making space for people, the community to get together and get to know each other has been really important. And I think the Portland Inn Project has been able to do that. It's a space where everyone gets together, eats together, makes together, talks to each other, and we can find the things that you know connect us. And we can talk through the things that we perhaps disagree on. We have quite high levels of well-being needs. We know locally that there's sadly quite low levels of educational attainment. And I think that stems from perhaps not having a love of learning. And I think what we've been able to provide over the years is an alternative space for learning. So kind of finding a love of creative making and learning new skills in quite an informal way has been really beneficial. And, you know, people have started to build confidence in themselves and build self-esteem. And so, you know, community members have told us, you know, I was in a really foul mood and then I came down here and now I feel really so much calmer and so much happier. We're really pleased to be able to be making that kind of contribution for, you know, people to just start to feel part of something. That's great. So what are your future plans? Um, So what we're working on right now is getting the funding in place for the building. And we've got about a third of the funding that we need. So we're really hopeful that by the middle of the year, we'll be starting on that build and then sort of co-build the rest of the building together. So we'll be, you know, using some of those ceramic skills that we've been picking up over the years and building skills to actually start to make the fixtures and fittings for the rest of the building. We're also contributing to um, some national conversations around some of the issues affecting communities so we can share our experience on Portland Street and help to set some national priorities for communities. And I think that's really important as well. So while we have this really local focus where we're able to kind of really respond to local needs, we also um, ensure that we're part of national conversations and contribute the learning that we're doing there on a national scale. Yeah, there's quite a lot going on. Uh (laughs) That's absolutely fabulous. There's so much happening in your area. I'd like to say thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. Great. Thanks, Fee. It's lovely talking to you. Good luck. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you, Anna and Chris. As you have heard today, North Staffordshire is being transformed by the vision of the community. This is being helped by Unlimited, who are leading the Resilient Communities work, which has helped us start that transformation. The work has been a catalyst to bring together groups of social entrepreneurs to look at creating collective change. We will make sure it happens. Stoke-on-Trent will see the transformation with communities working together that will make the city thrive. We still have the pride from the past. We won't forget where we've come from, but we know where we're going. 
Here in North Staffordshire, Stoke-on-Trent is on a journey of discovery, being led by social enterprise. We are making sure the people in our communities are at the forefront of making our city. My name is Fiona Wood, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Resilient Communities podcast, a photographic snap of Stoke-on-Trent. Thank you for listening to this episode of Changing Places, a podcast created by Unlimited, the Foundation for Social Entrepreneurs. We find, fund and support individuals to make a difference in the UK. This support includes grants and investment, one-to-one coaching and mentorship opportunities. We carry out research, tell stories of social entrepreneurs and their impact and influence policymakers to create a supportive world for the incredible work of social entrepreneurs. A big thank you to everyone who's contributed to this episode. To find out more about the organisations you heard, simply have a look at the show notes. For more information about Resilient Communities Project and the other programmes we deliver to support social entrepreneurs can be found at the Unlimited website, unltd.org.uk. Changing Places has been made possible thanks to the players of People's Postcode Lottery and is a Mike Media Production. <laughs>